Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Rugby League Hot Recap. We're edging ever closer to the return of on-field action, with the Super League kicking off next Thursday, and the NRL Vegas games are now just a month away. So with that in mind, uh, we're going to be continuing our big NRL preview later on with five more teams, and we will also be giving some Super League predictions. And to help me do that, a big welcome to today's co-host, Leonie Hustleby. Uh, Leonie is a journalist, radio presenter and Castleford Tigers fan. Leonie, how are we doing? Hello, I'm good. How are you? It's great to have someone else on with me for the first time on this podcast. Um, Yeah, I'm super looking forward to it. (laughs) Tell me about how you got interested in the game. Has it been since growing up? Has it been through someone else at all? Well, it's definitely been an on and off thing. Uh, when I was little, I didn't really have a choice because um, I live I live just outside, like a little village next to Castleford. And it was a case of, you know, we we support Cass and that's pretty much it. Um, and I got, I got dragged to games and stuff when I was younger and I thought, oh, I hate this. Like, I hate sport and I'm not good at it and, like, I don't want to watch it and I'm a girl. It's like, why would I want to watch it? And then as I got older, you know, I kind of... I kind of gave in a little bit, I suppose, and I started liking it more and more. Um, And then I drifted off away from it a little bit when I got older and I was allowed to be left in the house by myself. So I didn't have to go to the games anymore. Um, And then a couple of years ago, uh, my boyfriend's a massive cast fan, so I didn't have a choice again. So I've just chosen to embrace it as, you know, if you can't can't fight, then join, you know what I mean? (laughs) How are we feeling about the new season for cast? Um... I mean, I love them and I'll always love them. And I think it says a lot about when you support a team that doesn't do very well, that you continue supporting them. That's got a lot of patriotism in it. Um, But I mean, we haven't made some great signings. Um, Obviously, we do have a new manager, um, but he's sort of new to the Mm -hmm. Super League. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping, but um, you can only hope so much, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, as we've spoken about previously, Casa, they are the club of the town. Uh, everyone in the town knows the Tigers. Everyone in the town wants to see them do well. So they're a very, very proud local rugby league team up here in the north. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they had a tricky, tricky season in 2023. And as we go into our mm-hmm. predictions, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about what we expect uh, for 2024. Uh, but look, great yeah. to have you on. Um, we are now going to... So before we start with the predictions, uh, let's do some news. So we're going to start in the UK this week as one Super League team is reeling after a pre-season injury. Uh, The London Broncos young star hooker Bill Leyland is going to miss their entire 2024 campaign after he picked up an ACL injury he was he's 20 years old and was the championship's young player of the year last year he suffered the injury in their recent preseason draw with the tigers uh coach mike eckle says the club are devastated obviously for leyland and we'll be getting behind him as the team and make sure that he gets the best treatment possible i mean leone that that's horrendous for them with just weeks to go before the start of the season isn't it i mean it's terrible when it comes to confidence as well um, when you know that someone who plays such a significant role, you know, they've not been, I think it's five years since they've been in the Super League. Mm. Um, and now, you know, they're, they're going up against against people who've, who've won sort of back-to-back. And yeah, I think 
I'm I'm really looking forward to watching them though. I mm-hmm. think Me too, you yeah. know it's great. It's a great opportunity for them, and I really hope they take it. But yeah, I think confidence wise, this will have definitely thrown them. Oh, it's so close before the season as well, and they kick off against St Helens, which is probably one of the hardest matchups that they could have asked for. So I think mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of eyes are going to be on the Broncos, in which it's probably going to be their only season in Super League until they can get their IMG grade up. Um, but yeah, big. Big setback for them. Uh, we wish Bill all the best with his recovery. Uh, so in other news, uh, Matthew Shaw of Rugby League Live is reporting that Wakefield, are prepare- who are preparing for a Super League return in 2025, have now set their sights on Giants halfback Oliver Russell. Uh, Russell spent has spent his entire career in Huddersfield. He's out of contract at the end of this year. And I don't know if you've seen this, Leonie, but Wakefield seemed to be, because of their IMG grade, really trying to mm-hmm. set themselves up well when it, when they think that they'll be back in the in the Super League next year. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, it's kind of my patch a little bit. So as much as I am a cast fan, obviously the, the teams around me, I kind of hope for the best for them as well. I've been to their stadium. It's, it's great. Um, obviously, it's, it was a massive letdown when they... Um, when they went down last mm-hmm. year, so I, I am. I mean, they they put a lot of effort in to be where they were. So to then have to go down, you know, it's like all that effort. And then, but I, I yeah, I I am hoping that that they'll be back because I I do think they're a good watch. Yeah, no, they they had a they had a hard year last year, and it they only just went down in the end because um, they really kind of came on in the second half of the year, but. Yeah, they're looking to really seriously bounce back. Uh, and in other transfer news, uh, Shaw also reports that the Lee Leopards are in talks to sign the Newcastle Knights young winger David Armstrong. So Armstrong had a prolific season with the Knights' new South Wales Cup team last year. He scored 15 tries for them and he's quite highly rated by the side. Um, and for me, Leonie, I just think Lee are just trying to poach the best talent from around the world at the minute uh, with, with Matt Moylan that they brought over from Cronulla. They are clearly targeting very strong players. They want a really fast, quick team that can really get off the mark. I'm quite high on them this year. We'll come on to how high you think about them. But it's quite Mm. clear that this is a side that is in the ascendancy. Absolutely. I think they're a hungry team. I think when you think about who they're trying to sign, why they're trying to sign them, I think they want to be up there. And I think the signings that they possibly will make it really could it really could boost them up there but they're the kind of team where they've set their sights high and they sort of um they don't want to rely on hope they want to be able to actually do it and I think they're going in in the right direction to be able to be to be really up there absolutely yeah so sustain in Australia then so look there's been ongoing discussion in the Australian media around whether NRL stars playing in the Vegas games in March are going to be given visas to enter the US this is quite a a key thing here because they obviously need visas to get into the country to play the games uh, which are starting on March the 3rd Uh, but the Australian Rugby Commission boss Peter Philandis has said there's unlikely to be any problems for the likes of Reese Walsh, Latrell Mitchell and Payne Haas entering the country uh, Warriors superstar Adin Fanua Blake has spoke to the media last week for the first time after his move to Cronulla next year was confirmed. The prop said he owes the club a lot and is planning to leave on a high. Fanua Blake also said that there was a miscommunication with the Warriors that he wanted an immediate release from his contract, uh, which was a lot that was said in the early reports. Uh, but he insists he told them that 2024 was going to be his last year. And just uh, just in the Sunday morning is a report from the Daily Telegraph in Australia that 
the league is NRL is keen to expand to 20 teams in the near future. And the North Sydney Bears are one of the teams in consideration to be one of those three new teams. But it could be potentially in collaboration with the Papua New Guinea bid or from a new team in Perth. And lastly, to France, as it's been reported by James Gordon for Love Rugby League, that the French reg- rug- that French Rugby League is planning to rebrand its elite championship competition in a bid to professionalise the sport. This comes after the growth of lots of Super League players moving over to play for both Catalan and Toulouse. And Gordon reports that the plan could be to have a top 13 com- competition similar to the Rugby Union, uh, which is a top 14 there and that these plans could come forward later on this year. So that was the news. So let's do our Super League predictions. So uh, ahead of today, uh, me and Leone pulled together our final 12 of what we think it's going to look like. We're also going to talk through Man of Steel winner, Coach of the Year, Young Player of the Year, the top try scorer and the top try assists. So I think guests go first in this instance. Leone, can you tell me uh, from your top, your bottom three teams for Super League? So 12 to 10, please. Yeah. So I've got Broncos at the bottom, Salford next, and then the Tigers. Uh, So for me, I have gone for Broncos also bottom, the Tigers at 11, and then the Red Devils at 10. So. Same, just a bit of a different order with with Cass and Salford there. Yeah. Why why do we think these three teams? I mean, we've come on to we talked a little bit about the Broncos, but it, is it are, do they have a chance of, of of finishing higher than that? I mean, I think we should absolutely give them a chance. Mm. I mean, if they've been able to, you know, bump themselves up to to the Super League, that that doesn't write them off that they've that they've not been there for a very long time. Um and I think Everybody likes an underdog. I th- I'm really excited to watch them, uh, even though they've got a super difficult game first. Um, I still think, like, you never know. Like, they might the, the training that they might have been going through because they know what's at stake, mm. and they might be hungry enough that they don't want to go down again. You know, they might want to they might want to make a name for themselves. And I think we've got to give them a chance. Yeah, I mean. I said previously on on this podcast that it's such a massive opportunity for clubs outside of the North to really make a name for themselves, get on TV. There's going to be a lot more eyes, hopefully, on the league this year with the new streaming platform being launched. So it's just a great opportunity. And you're right. They earned the right to play in this league. Um, do I think the roster is strong enough for them to be competitive? And particularly now that they've lost their, their up-and-coming hooker, I think they are going to struggle, but look, it all comes down to what you do in the 80 minutes on the pitch. And I think they they will give some teams a real game this year. Maybe some of the teams that are going to be uh, based around near them, near the bottom. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, as you say, lots of excitement to have London back in the league. And let's hope that they build a base for uh, coming back up probably in the future. Um, so, yeah, definitely. so I've got Cass at 11 and you've got them at 10. Um, you mentioned a little yeah. bit at the start that there's some kind of fears amongst how this year is going to go. I mean, is there anything you'd like to add further to that then? Would you like to see them finish higher, but this is kind of where you think is realistic for them? I mean, I do definitely think it's realistic. And I think it's to, be, to have to put your team at, like second to 
like second or third to bottom of of the league obviously is a very hard thing to do you do it with a heavy heart but yeah I just think you know they haven't made some great signings they've got quite a few older players um and obviously as much as you've got to give Craig Lingard a chance because you know we've got no idea what's been going on during pre-season mm. um I still think it's a very long way to go up and then to have a brand new manager as well um I think it's all it all kind of looks a little bit dysfunctional at the minute, but you, but we don't know. Obviously, that's only what we see on the outside. Um, but I've met I've met some of the players before, and I've worked with them, and they do have a passion and they do have a love um, for the sport. So, do I think they're going to absolutely put the wall in this year? Absolutely, and I do, and I absolutely hope that it it pulls off for them as well. Yeah, I think that I think that there's definitely some truth that you've spoken there. I think this squad is in a good shape, um, but. Is it a better squad than they had last year? Probably it's a bit debatable. And a lot of the teams around them have strengthened quite well. So I think I, th- I think they're going to be in and around it. I wouldn't be surprised if they got closer to the top six, if I'm honest, um, if they go on a good run of games. Um, but I think that that would be really kind of breaching where their potential is as a squad. So um, yeah. I, well... I do think as well it's, it's to do with confidence. I think mm. if they they lose a game and they lose quite badly i think the next game they play worse which you'd think they'd play they'd play better because they'd be like oh no like this isn't who we are but i, I do think it is a bit of a confidence thing and i think you know their their img ratings are fantastic and i think you know in in general i just i think as well, there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure on cast it's a very small place like i said you see the cast yep. players shopping in aldi yep. and they're like they're icons mm-hmm. to the people of cast and i think there's a lot of as there is with all of them but i, I do think there's a lot of pressure on them um yeah. and i just hope they can sort of work through that pressure and get the confidence back because i think if they had the the confidence i i think they have enough strength and enough sort of and enough players that know what know what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Salford, uh, for me, I've gone for tenth. You've got them at eleventh. Uh, oh, I'm I'm worried about Salford this year. I think losing Croft uh, and Ackers is really going to impact their spine. I'm interested to see what Cade Cuss can do. Um, and I think he's going to be playing at six, um, which is Croft's old position. But this is a club which has gone through a really turbulent time in terms of they put loads of statements out over the offseason around what it was going to look like with the future of their stadium. They've clearly not got that sorted with Salford Council. So they're really, um, really kind of anxious about their own club's future. And the fans have really kind of had to deal with bad news after bad news with key players leaving over the years. This was a side that was in the grand final not that long ago. Um, I'm just not convinced that this squad, as it's currently compromised, um, comprise sorry is is going to be pushing towards the playoffs I, oh yeah <laughs> i am anxious heading into the season for salford uh, i would love to see them do uh, a lot better than i have them here but i just think it's going to be a bit too much for the squad that they have um and yeah is nanny mcdonald also going to stay in the country because that's what a lot of fans are saying for salford around yeah he's come over from leeds but he could he could leave uh, back under at any point um, so mm-hmm. let, let's do nine to seven then. So for me, I have Huddersfield Giants at nine, Hull FC at eight, and I've got Catalan at seven. Leone, what have you got? I've got Hull FC, Huddersfield, and then the Leopards. 
Okay, so we've got one big difference there. So let's uh, stay with the teams where we got in the same kind of areas then. Huddersfield, um, oh, they they had such high expectations coming into 2023. This squad was going to mount a serious challenge. They had, they had Jake Connor, who has been brilliant for years. It just didn't happen for them. And I, I just don't think they're going to take a big enough leap. I think Alohe is going to be a big player for them. I think hopefully Connor gets back to his best. Um, I just think, and I think they'll be, I think they're going to be better than the likes of Salford and Cass. I just don't think they're going to be pushing towards the playoffs this year. And I think, I think Giants fans are going to have to be patient with another bit of a down year for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I sort of agreed, and that's why I put them sort of so close together. Um, because obviously it wasn't great. I don't think they've made a big enough impact with you know, new signings, all that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, especially when you just sort of look in the news in general and mm. and I don't know, I think there were hungrier teams. Like I, I just, yeah, I think there were teams, I mean, I mean, even like, even sort of like Cass and Salford, like even though, you know, they might not do amazingly, it's sort of like the fight that you have. And I think yeah. last year I sort of thought, I saw from both teams that that fight kind of, it kind of sort of drizzled away towards the end which I thought was was sad but I mean you never know I mean maybe maybe they they'll come back and maybe they'll think no we need to we need to show me we are this time yeah no absolutely I mean it'd be good to see them mount a bit of a run in the challenge cup maybe if they if they struggle in the league and kind of focus uh their attentions on there because uh because they could go far in a kind of a knockout competition I feel like if it just matters on the day I think this side could be anyone in the league um but yeah, I guess we'll see once the season gets going. So to Hull then, and they have had quite a bit of change in the off-season. They've got a lot of imports over from Australia, uh, whether it's Thamadu Brown, Herman Essiese, Franklin Pele. Um, so their squad looks quite different. Um, so is that going to take a bit of time for them to gel? Uh, but they've also lost uh, Jack Clifford and Adam Swift. Uh, Swift was one of the top try scorers in the league last year. So they're going to be losing some some proven presence in getting over the try line, um, and they there's probably a lot of expectation on this whole side. Look, they they open the season at their big rivals across the um, across the city at the Rovers. Um, I think it could probably be another difficult season for the club, um, and and they're probably one of the biggest clubs in the league. But they I've looked this up recently; they haven't won the league since 1983. So. And they continue to have a bit of a second half drop off every year. So I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see how they do. I I think they could surprise a few people and get closer to the playoffs. But I think for me, eighth is probably where they're more likely to end up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you have Catalan quite... So I have Catalan at seven and you have them a little bit further up. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about why I have them this low. So they've lost a lot of talent in this off season. And I think that particularly when you lose the players like Sam Tompkins, it's going to have a knock on the squad. Um, Mitchell Pierce, as well as retired Tyrone may has gone over to the Robins. I know they were in the grand final last year, but they've lost their spine. And I think they are going to really need the new recruits, particularly Theo Fags, who was a really big talent in Super League not that long ago, but he's been beset by a lot of injury recently to really kind of hit the ground running. Um, and look, a lot of their English players are being targeted by lots of other clubs. 
whether it's uh, Tom Johnston or Tom Davies, they're, they're getting lots of interest. And it, I, some of them are in a contract year as well. So some of them could have signed for club halfway through this year. And I just don't think that sets them up well to mount a really big run again. Um, obviously, it's been great to see the growth of French rugby um, as we as we said at the start with the uh, with France now really starting to put more effort and re- hopefully more resources into this um, into the uh, into the sport um, and Catalano it, it was so great to see their fans at Old Trafford for the grand final I just think that they might just squeeze into the playoffs or just be on the outside looking in when it comes to the end of the year what do you think? I mean, I definitely, I think you're right about, you know, they obviously have, they have lost some pretty big names. Um, But I think, I don't know. I think they, they do just, they do just perform. I think when I, when I watch them, even when they play Cass, you know, I kind of like, I kind of find myself forgetting that I'm a Cass fan a little bit when Mm. I'm watching them. I think, oh no, wait, wait, no, I'm a Cass fan. But um, I don't know. I think, and the sort of drive and the passion that that team have always had and and where they got to last year, I think that's enough motivation that even with the loss of some of these players, you know, they know what it feels like. And if you know what it feels like to be at Old Trafford, would you want to let that go and let someone else take that take that from you? And I think in their case, no, they yeah. wouldn't want that. So, I mean, I, I do just think that's enough motivation that regardless of the players they've lost, they'll want to do as well, maybe even better than they did last year. Yeah, no, that, that that's fair. There's some great points there. Um, and so you have Lee in, in seventh. So what, what, why do you think that they are going to be out of the playoffs then? I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, they did, they did well last year. Um, but I think, I didn't place them because of where I thought they were going to be. They were actually the last team that I sort of put in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when I when I think about who's gonna who's gonna be top, who's gonna be bottom, um, it's kind of I place them on you know the drive, the confidence, the transfer season that they've kind of had, and the new signings, um, and the sort of the things that they've said during preseason about about like what they've been doing, the training they've been going through, and stuff. And um, to be honest, I just it was the sort of the drive and the passion of the people I put near the top and then mm-hmm. the bottom. And then obviously I just kind of had one left and I was like, oh, I'm I'm not sure. But I think they will do better than where I put them. I will. I will. I will admit to that now. I do think they're going to do better than where I put them. <laughs> That's fine. And uh, I've got them quite a little bit higher than that. I guess I'll come on to that once we get further up. So let's do um, six, five and four then. So who have you got in that positions? Um, so I put um, Hull KR, um, Warrington, and then possibly um, St. Helens. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I've got the one I've got in front of me here is you had Catalan in fifth. So you've clearly updated them. Oh no, sorry, I did. I've written them. I've written them in cr- across instead of down, so it kind it looks like people underneath. No, you're right, I did. Because um, I'm, yeah, Catalans. I'm just not sure this year. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Um, fair. You know, like I've like I've sort of said, you know, like unlike you've said, yeah. they've lost players, um, but I still think they've got the confidence. So I thought I'd I'd do them the the justice of putting them a little bit higher. 
But you've got Warrington uh, getting into the playoffs again this year. I mean, what are you expecting from this side? Because they had such a strong start last year. It seemed as if they were just winning games constantly, but they had a bit of a drop-off. So where do you see them this year? I mean, I think they're going to be an outsider kind of thing. I think Mm -hmm. um, people are sort of maybe a bit worried about them this year, especially because they didn't give people sort of the best memory of them maybe but I mean we've seen how strong they can be and do I think that they can't be that strong again I mean absolutely not I think that they've shown what they can do and then they sort of they sort of lost it a bit but that Mm. doesn't mean they can't bring it back and they've had plenty of time to work out the kinks work out what went wrong and come back sort of better and stronger than they were last year yeah I I think I agree and I think the appointment of Sam Burgess um, as one of the real legends of the game as their new head coach kind of shows that they mean a bit of business this year they they really want to yeah that was a great choice yeah i mean he's, he's such a such a big name uh, around the world really and look it's his first head coaching role but he is a bit on the hot seat straight away because of the reputation he has i think i think the fans will expect a lot i think other other fans of the game will expect a lot from warrington as a result of, of burgess coming in um he, he will be a massive presence in their dressing room and on the sideline and I'm, I'm I'm really excited to see Warrington this year. I think, yeah, they were they were so good to watch at the start of last year. They just had that massive drop off. Um, I would think that they might be on for a run in the Challenge Cup, maybe. I know we haven't done any predictions around Challenge Cup as part of this, but I think Warrington are going to be a real dark horse for that competition. Um, if they can keep to not having a season of two halves and they can just focus on just being consistent throughout the year, guaranteed playoffs in my view guaranteed run in the cup i'd love to see them do well and potentially be pushing the likes of wigan and st helens as we get further in to the business end of the season um so you had hull kr um in also in at fourth there so you're quite high on them as well this year the robins yeah i mean i think i think they're a brilliant team um and i like i, I sort of always in i sort of always enjoy watching them um, and I think they've, they, I think their their confidence certainly of the players and stuff has grown quite a lot, sort of in the past couple of years. Um, and I think they'll be an exciting team to to watch this year. I mean, yeah, they did get to the semi-finals uh, in twenty twenty three. Um they have had a bit of a, a turbulent off season though. Um, look, they're obviously the club are in a really good place with their fans. They get a lot more support through the doors. Um, but to have fan favourite Jordan Abdul sent over to, to Catalan weeks before the season starts, that really kind of threw a lot of people off. Um, and yeah, I think, I know he's been injured a lot recently. I think this squad is, to have Tyrone May come in is going to make a bit of a difference there. But is it the kind, I don't know if they've made enough additions that are going to see them go a little bit further. Because um, I think like Wigan and St. Helens are going to be so strong that I think, and Robin's fans probably might not to hear this, but I just don't think they're going to be good enough to challenge them when it comes to that, to the business end. Um, they lost to Wigan last year uh, when they got into the playoffs. And I just think that, yeah, they're the better of the, the two sides from from the city of Hull. Um, and they, I, I do think that they'll comfortably get off to a strong start next week when they play, when they play the derby. But I, I think that fans should really have, I guess, uh, some kind of, uh, reasonable expectations of this side i think yes they're probably a cert to kind of finish in the playoffs um but i just think that they will struggle to kind of really push the uh the stronger teams when it gets to the business end of the season 
So yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So and in terms of, I had the the rhinos in this bit. So I had Leeds at fifth, um, with Wolves at fourth and Hull KR at sixth. So I've got the rhinos at fifth because I think that um, they have made look. They have had a complete turnaround in their squad. Um, said previously on this podcast, they like they've had probably one of the biggest offseason rebuilds of all teams in the world in terms of in the prominent two leagues. Um, and they yeah. and they really needed to like they were sometimes they were scintillating to watch last year and then other times they really just dropped off and to kind of then go into a full scale like rebuild particularly when they're bringing in a whole new spine in the squad that is going to take time to gel and so I guess where I have them fifth is I think that maybe this year is a bit of a an upgrade on where they did last year but that they're not going to be strong enough where the squad is fully gelling and ready to hit the ground running like we saw with Wigan last year I feel where the year before Wigan I think they were in a bit of a transition and then they reached their top level in 2023 I think in 2025 we could potentially see uh, Leeds really pushing on the door of the top of the top positions but for this year I'm trying to kind of have a little bit of modest expectations for them where they'll get back in the playoffs um, but that they won't be at the business end so let's then come on to the final three positions so for me i have the leopards at third i have wigan at second and i have st helens at one and yours leonie uh, i had saints at third rhinos second and then wigan first so you've got the rhinos then quite high up then what, what's your take on them as mm-hmm. a squad this year well, I think people kind of forgot who they... I think people have forgotten who they are. I think they had a lot of injuries last year. They had a lot of key players out. Um, and obviously that did damage, I think, their sort of reputation, I suppose, for last year. So I think they've almost taken the underdog role a little bit where plated people maybe think like, oh, well, they didn't do amazing the last year and they've done so well before. You know, they surely can't sort of make that comeback. But then obviously looking at the people who've signed, I mean, they've, they've stolen some of Salford's best players. Um, and I know they'll be new to the squad. Um, but I think at the same time, when you've been playing rugby long enough, it's the kind of thing where pre-season you get into it, you get into the training, you spend a lot of the time with, with a lot of your time with these lads. Mm. Um, and I think Leeds will probably be fed up and I think they probably think we've got a reputation to uphold and this is the year that we do it. Fair enough, fair enough. I think we've both got some very contrasting takes on Leeds, so let, let's see how they go once we hit the season. Um, and so, sorry, do you, did you have Saints or Warriors at number one, Leonie? Was it what you had Wigan? Um, I had Wigan. Wigan yeah, at number, Wigan at number one. one. Okay. Um, I think it's a, probably a very boring prediction, mm. um, but I just I think they, they are the favourites and they were absolutely fantastic last year. They know exactly what they're doing. I think they've... I think they've sort of got to a point where they're like, right, we we understand now. We know exactly what we need to do to win. We've done it before. We'll do it again. Obviously, they cleaned up award-wise as well. They've got some fantastic players, and yeah, I can't see them. I can't see them wanting to let go of the sort of very distinguished position that they were in last year. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair argument. So I I have Saints uh, going into the playoffs with um with the minor premiership. And in my view, it's really hard to separate the Warriors and the Saints. Um, I think that yeah. they're two squads of outstanding quality and by far the best two teams in the league. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think 
and I've said this, that Wigan could potentially really go on to have a bit of a dynasty run here where they potentially do back-to-back and maybe even other favourites in 2025. The squad is just so young. They've signed a lot of key players like Jai Field to, to long-term contracts. Uh, they do need to think about Bevan French, about tying him down to a new deal, but I'm sure they're, they're really trying to sort that through. Um, and I think Warriors fans are going to be really excited. They're going to be really pumped ahead of, ahead of this year. And I think they... I think the squad is really going to hit the ground running. Um, and I think it's so hard to kind of call which one of them finishes on the top. Um, they all finished yeah. very, very close last year. So it will come down to the final few weeks. But I think it's, yeah, I just think those sides are going to be really, really close. And I have Lee at third because I think they will make another push this year because they were a real big surprise in, in 2023. A lot of people kind of said, look, they made a lot of good signings. They had a good squad. They could, they weren't going to be relegation fodder to a certain extent, but they just blew past those expectations. And right from the jump, you saw that this was a talented side that could really make a difference. And look, they, they won the Challenge Cup and that was massive for the town. And full credit to Derek Beaumont, the owner. He's really, really putting Lee on the map internationally as well and getting Moylan from Cronulla is a big, big scalp for them. And I think they haven't really lost a lot uh, this offseason. So same squad with a bit more quality. That's why I have them finishing a little bit higher. So those were our top 12 predictions then. Let's see how they look come October. But let's let's yeah, <laughs> let's talk Man of Steel then. So who do you have winning the title this year? Uh, so I had Jack Wellsby from Saints yeah. um, as Man of Steel. Um, I just think I just think he's fantastic. Really, you know, he was a he was a runner up last year. I think he's absolutely, I mean, brilliant on the on the pitch. Sort of confidence wise, it's fantastic to watch him play. You can tell when he's playing, he's got a hunger for the game. And I think not only is he going to win Man of Steel, but I think a lot of teams will be. I'll be watching him, especially over the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I think I've said previously that Saints haven't had a Man of Steel winner for six years, despite the fact that they won four four titles over that run, which is quite crazy, really. And and Jack Wellsby has really earned his dues over that time. He He's one of the most dominant players in the league. He's improving defensively as well. Um if Saints go the distance, I think he will be critical to getting him there. And I'm really excited to see how he does. I, I think he's a poster boy of the game in this country. He's a young man. Yeah. And he, I hopefully he stays in this country for a while because he can hopefully do great things in terms of growing the game as we now enter into this new year. Um, yeah, I, I think this is the year he finally gets it. Uh, for for those that potentially also could be in the running, I've gone for also for Bevan French, maybe winning back to back. But I think it's quite a crowded field uh, at Wigan um, and others would rival him to get a look in this year, I think, uh, potentially Jai Field as well. And then I think Lachlan mm. Lamb of the Leopards, look, if they make another push this year, I think he could very well put himself in the conversation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the people I did have in the runnings, obviously, you know, Brodie Croft is mm. one, one of the best players. He was one of the best players to solve for. He's gone over to Leeds and I think... It's not just about his play. I think it's the way that they can now nurture him. I mean, obviously Leeds have more facilities and things and they have sort of they have more money and stuff to be able to nurture his career. And I think if he can do as well as he did with Salford, 
you know, what can what can Leeds do with him? And I think I think it'll definitely matter, obviously, with the overall predictions where Leeds sort of come um in the league. But I definitely he's definitely one of my favourites for being in the running. Yeah, I'm still as a Salford fan, it's it's hard to see him in a lead shirt. Uh, I'm happy for him because I think he gets to play for one of the biggest clubs in the country. Um, I would have loved to see him go back to Australia though, rather than be playing for a rival team. Um, yeah. So, uh, coach of the year, I think, and I've I've already set out. I'm very high on the Leopards this year. I think Adrian Lamb could do it. Um, I think he will upend the status quo. And I think he'll get the bullets at the end of it with this squad. If they face Wigan or St. Helens in the playoffs, I, I don't think they'll get past them. Um, but if they if they get within like a game of the grand final or even get to the big game itself, I think he's my bet to win the big plaudits. Um, yeah, so I had um, Willie Peters mm-hmm. for Hull KR. Um, I think he's um, I think he's brilliant. Obviously, everything that he did um, with Hull KR last year is really impressive. Sort of debut for him and and now he can sort of I don't know like what he's going to do with Hull uh, Hull KR this year I think he's going to be really really interesting to watch um and I think if people believe they're going to do as as well as maybe they will Hmm. I think he's definitely got a chance of being in there oh yeah absolutely yeah if if the Robins get surprised people and get quite far in the playoffs this time then yeah I think he's a great and he's a great coach he's been he's done wonders for in terms of growing growing that club over the last few years um so this is a bit of a tricky one young player of the year because there's always so many candidates for this and it's hard to see which up-and-coming player is gonna jump out to people but who do you have um so one of the people i had um was lewis dodd um st helens i just think his confidence in the game has grown fantastically and like honestly it's been quite an honor to watch how um how his gameplay has sort of changed and you know the, the way that he the way that he plays, it's like he's older than his years, mm. I suppose. And it can't be hard. It can't be easy being a young player when you're surrounded by, you know, people who, you know, you know, like some of them like won things before they've been there for years and you, you're the new person sometimes. And I think being young as well, people, you worry people are going to underestimate you a little bit. They don't know your strength. Mm-hmm. And I think he's absolutely shown people what he can do. Great shout. Really great shout. Dodd is obviously um, not obviously he's out of contract at the end of this year. So he's also could have a massive year and put himself in the conversation to, to, to move down under at the NRL level. So which he hasn't ruled out previously. So I think that's a great shout uh, for me. I've got George Delaney, another St. Helens player. He's not coming prop that was able to be thrown into the squad last year after they had a few injuries in that position. He, he's 19 years old. He made a Saints debut two years ago. Um, but he signed a three-year deal off the back of his performances last year. So clearly highly rated by the Saints. Um, he's been handed quite a high shirt as well, the number 20 shirt. I feel like he could really kick off uh, this year. I think Lewis Dodd is a great shout, though. I think yours is probably more likely than mine to come about. But yeah, all credit to George. Let, let, let's see if he can if he can put himself close in, um, in the final three when it comes to the end of it. Um, so top try scorers. This is always a really hard one to predict because it's always so close when it comes to the end of it. Um, I've got Abbas Miski from Wigan for this. He tied with Tom Johnston from Catalan last year, but I don't see Wigan slowing down. And therefore, I think Mm -hmm. that he's going to have the same amount of production at the end of it. He's going to be given the same amount of opportunities to get over the line. So I think it's a pretty fair shout that he takes home the title this year. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's definitely a he's definitely a good choice. And like I said, I I don't see I don't see why you'd think, oh, I've I've won it once. Like, why bother winning it again? Kind of thing. It's definitely going to be somewhat where you know he's probably got his his mindset on it. But then I think that sort of um, that gives leeway for Tom Johnston because obviously when you've lost, you don't want to lose again. You know, you want to win that mm. time. So I think he's definitely someone in the run. You know, he knows when you know what it feels like to be a runner up. That's all the that's all the sort of oomph that you need to be able to to win it next time. So yeah, he's he's sort of my favourite for that this year. So Tom Johnson is yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah no, it's a fair shout. And look, um, he if he has another year as he had last year, I think he will hundred percent. Uh, be in the conversation to be one of the best players in the league. Like he's an England international now. He's he's really come on since he's gone to the south of France. And look, fair play to him. He's made a real big name of himself. Uh, I think those are both some quite good shouts there. So uh, a top try assists. Um, I think this is, if he's going to get Man of Steel, I think Wellesby has to get this title as well. Um, and I'm really predicting a mammoth season for him. I think assists is his greatest skill. His totals over the last few years keep going. Really impressive. He had 13 in 2021, but in 2022, he had 27. And then he had 27 last year as well. And I think he gets past 30 assists this year. Yeah, absolutely. I I definitely thought, you know, Jack Wellsby as well. I mean, he's a, he is a fantastic player and I really wouldn't be surprised if he has, if he has a year we think he's going to have that he sort of cleans up. Um, but I had, um, I had Tyrone May as well. Oh yeah, I mean, great I think show. He had a, I think he had a fantastic year. Um, he was he's been on the radar, um, obviously for for whole KR for a while, um, while he was with Catalan. So, um, I definitely think you know, especially with a new team as well. When you're in a new team, I feel like you know maybe you feel like you got to prove yourself a little bit. Um, so I absolutely think he'll put himself in the running for that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think that's a great shout, and I think others that could be in that conversation. We mentioned him before, Brody Croft. He he's got a lot of assists over the years. He's got forty six in the last two years. If he plays a really prominent role in this lead side, he could very much be in the conversation. Um, so yeah, loads of potential opportunities there. So look, that's mm-hmm. that's our predictions for the year. Um, we'll see what falls we look like uh, when it comes to October. But I think looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is what this season's all about. It's prediction season. Um, mm-hmm. Leonie, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been great to to converse with you and to bat off someone for a change, talking through all things rugby league. Um, you're 100% going to come on in future episodes, and I'm really looking forward to talking more game with you. Um, do you want to um, any anything else you want to say about your experience today? Um, I was just going to say it's it's been great fun, you know, especially because. Um, you know, I, I obviously I have a lot of girlfriends who are not even remotely interested in talking about this, watching the games, anything like that. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been great, and it's um, it's been nice to think about things I wouldn't usually think about. Um, obviously, supporting Cass, Man of Steel isn't something that usually you know crosses my mind when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to the rugby league season. Unfortunately, um, so yeah, it's been it's been great, sort of having a chat and. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not about I'm not a very good loser though. So if I'm wrong about everything, that might be the last time I'm ever on this podcast. Oh, okay, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Well, at least you're honest. Um, at least you're honest. Uh, thank you again, Leonie. We'll we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you in some future episodes. So let's come on to uh, continue our big NRL season preview. So 
Last week's episode, we talked about teams from 17 to 11. This week, we are going to be talking through the teams that will go from 10 till 6. So the Parramatta Eels then. So their record last year was uh, 12 wins, 12 losses. Uh, Their star player is Mitchell Moses, the halfback. Uh, The coach is Brad Arthur. Their key signing in the offseason is probably Kelma Tuolagi, second rower from the Manly Seagulls. Uh, their first five games are home to the Bulldogs, away to the Panthers, at home to Manly. Another fixture at home to the Tigers before they go away to the Raiders. Uh, their last title, uh, well known to their fans, was in 1986. And they had the eight best odds for the title. So let's have a look through some of their offensive stats bit of a mixed bag if i'm honest they did have the seventh best attack in the league with scoring 587 points and they scored the seventh most tries um but they weren't able to break through the lines and sets a lot they were 16th in set completion 16th in tackle bursts 15th run meters um so very much a mixed bag for the eels in terms of offensively on the defensive side they had the 10th best defense conceding six uh, they were the 16th for, for tackles, 13th in missed tackles, and 12th in ineffective tackles. So not the most strongest performance on defense as well. Individually then, um, two names that jump out. Uh, Mitchell Moses, of course, um, who was 8th for goals kicked and was uh, ninth in points. In terms of their try scored, they had Michael Silva and Clint Gutherson. Uh, 10 and 11 uh, in offloads. They had Jermaine Hopgood, Bryce Cartwright and Junior Paolo in the top 13. So defensively, Reese Robson was 7th for tackles made. Uh, Jermaine Hopgood was 8th in tackles made as well. Uh, but Hopgood also was ninth in ineffective tackles. So he needs to clean that up in his game in terms of their incomings then. So uh, Kalma Tuolagi is a second row that they picked up from Manly, as I said at the start. Morgan Harper is a centre, also from Manly as well. They're outgoings. They've seen Waka Blake, uh, a centre, go over to St. Helens. The second rower, Jake Murchie, has gone to Huddersfield. Samuel Loizo is a centre, has gone to the West Tigers. Uh, the halfback, George Hodgson, has retired. And Andrew Davey, the second rower, has retired. Uh, so they're... Starting 13, likely, then would be Clint Gutherson at fullback. The wingers would be Mike Acevo and Bailey Simonson. At centres, you'd have Will Penasini and Dejan Arce. Standoff would be Dylan Brown. Halfback would be Mitchell Moses. Uh, the props would be Junior Paolo and Regan Campbell-Gillard. Uh, the hooker would be Brendan Hans. Uh, second rows would be Bryce Cartwright and Sean Lane. And at loose forward would be Jermaine Hopgood. Um, what are the big questions they're facing? So this squad is too good to miss out on the top eight. Uh, they're still one of the best in the competition. And for them to miss the finals for the first time since 2018 last year was a setback for a club that was at the grand final in 2022. This was only a second time in the past decade. A team has gone from a grand finalist to missing the finals. They simply just cannot miss out this year. And it's all about the forwards. The Eels have one of the most dominating forward packs. And in this make-or-break season for Fred Arthur, he will be relying on the big names of Junior Paolo, Campbell Gillard, and Hopgood to be as productive as they can be in the engine room. 
Uh, there's a lot of pressure on Dylan Brown. It was a season to forget in 2023 for the number six after he was suspended for unwanted sexual touching. Brown signed a mega deal in 2022 and holds the keys to this Eels offense reaching their full potential and taking more responsibility off Moses and Gutherson. He needs to up his try count as three tries last year was not the mark of a player at the top of his game in his position. And they also have a bit of a hooker problem. In 2023, the Eagles, the Eels gambled by appointing Englishman Josh Hodgson as their number nine. But the 33-year-old was coming off a knee reconstruction and ended up retiring after 12 games due to a neck injury. The Eels then didn't sign a new hooker this year, so the spot will either be taken by Joey Lusick, who signed a three-year deal last summer, or Brendan Hand, who's come through their youth setup and played 19 games last year. To the Rabbitohs. So they also had a, a 1-12, lost 12 game record. Uh, their star player is Latrell Mitchell. Their coach is Jason Demetrio. And their key sign-in is Jack Whiten, who can play at standoff or center. Their first five games, pretty brutal. Uh, they're in Vegas to play the Seagulls. Then they're away to the Broncos, away to the Roosters, at home to the Bulldogs, and also at home to the Warriors. And their last title was in 2014. And this side has the third best odds for the title. Uh, Some offensive stats from them. They had the seventh best attack in the league. And they were eighth in tries scored. Didn't do much goal kicking though. They were 12th in the league for that. They were also 15th in tackle bursts. And the last in the league for offloads. But they were sixth for try assists. Uh, Defensively, they had the eighth best defense in the league. They were 13th in tackles, but and these are good stats here. They were 16th for missed tackles and 16th in ineffective tackles. Uh, offensively, um, on the individual side, uh, Latrell was 11th in points and 14th in goals kicked. Alex Johnston was 5th in tries scored. Um, Campbell Graham was also in the top 15. He was 15th in tries scored. And Cody Walker was 5th in try assists. Uh, defensively, uh, Damian Cook was 4th for all tackles but he was first in ineffective tackles. That's a common trait with hookers, it appears. In terms of their incomings then, so uh, Jack Whiten is over from the Canberra Raiders and Sean Kepi is a prop that's come over from Manly. Their outgoings then is Hamaselli, a prop who's gone to St. George, uh, Blake Taff, a fullback who's gone to the Bulldogs, uh, Jed Cartwright can play as a second row of the centre, has gone to the Newcastle Knights, and Terrell Kalokolo has been released. Their expected 13 would be uh, Latrell at fullback. The wingers would be Tyrone Munro and Alex Johnston. Isaiah Tass and Campbell Graham would be the centres until Whiten gets back from his suspension. Uh, Cody Walker would be at standoff. Lachlan Ilias would be the halfback. The props would be Tom Burgess and Tavita Totola. Damian Cook would be at hooker. And the second rowers would be Jai Arrow and Keon Kulamantangi with Cameron Murray at loose forward. Big questions for the Rabbitohs. Here's an alarming stat. They were top of the table after 11 rounds last year, conceding just 13.6 points per game, bettered only by Penrith at the time. But from round 12 onwards, they won four of 13 games and conceded over 27 points per game. That shows that 2023 was a season of two halves for a side well-established at competing for trophies, which missed the the finals for the first time in six years. 
Whiten adds another string to their bow. This was a formidable side last year that fell off the tracks. But adding in Jack Whiten makes them an elite competitor that will be expecting to hit back hard in 2024 as they compete for their first title in 10 years. And can Ilias bounce back? Uh, Ilias was a star for the Bunnies in 2022 as he led them to the prelim finals. But last year he had a bit of second year syndrome as he fell off as a playmaker. He goes into 2024 with a chance to right the ship. But junior Dean Hawkins is on his tails for the number seven jersey. To the Canberra Raiders. So they won 13 games and lost 11. Uh, their star player was Josh, is Josh Papalihi, uh, who's a prop. Their coach is Ricky Stewart. And their key signing is Kaya Weeks, uh, the fullback standoff from the Manly Seagulls. So who do they start with? So they are away to the Newcastle Knights. They are at home to the Tigers. They're away to New Zealand Warriors, away to the Cronulla Sharks, and then at home for the Parramatta Eels. Their last title was in 1994, and they have the 14th best odds for the title. So expecting a big drop-off from the bookies for them. Some offensive stats. They had the 13th best offense in the league. Uh, They scored 514 points. And they were 15th in tries scored, as well as try assists, uh, and 13th in run meters. So offensively, really, really struggled last year. Defensively, 6th in tackles uh, and 12th in missed tackles. So there's not a lot we can really read into this, but they did have the league's 12th best defense in terms of... The, and there's no defensive player stats to back them up as well. Um, that rough note, but Jared Croker was 14th in points scored and 12th in goals kicked. Uh, Hudson Young was 11th in offloads, 4th in penalties, and Jordan Rapana was 3rd in handling errors. Their incomings then. Simi Sasagi is a centre they've got from the Newcastle Knights. Zach Hoskin is a second rower from Penrith. Kaya Weeks, a fullback standoff from Manly. Morgan Smithies is a second rower loose forward from Wigan. Their outgoings then. So Jack Whiten has gone to the Rabbitohs. Jared Croker has retired. Matt Frawley, as you can play as a standoff halfback or hooker, has gone to Leeds. And Harley Smith Shields is a winger centre from has gone to the Titans. Their starting 13 then would be uh, Xavier Savage at fullback. The wingers would be Jordan Rapana and Nick Cottridge. Uh, centres would be Ethan Strange and Matt Timico. At standoff, probably going to be Kaya Weeks. At halfback would be Jamal Fogarty. Props would be Josh Papalihi and Joseph Tapine. At hooker would be Danny Levy. And second row forwards would be Hudson Young and Elliot Whitehead with Morgan Smith, who's from Wigan, given a shot at loose forward. So big questions for the Raiders then. Look, Jared Croker's retirement is a big deal. It's, this year is going to be the first in a long time as they go into 2024 without their champion centre. He, he's retired after 300-plus NRL games. He was the second player in club history to meet that mark, and he ended his career third on the league's all-time points scoring list. This squad needs to avoid heavy defeats. They were on the wrong side of several pastings in 2023, including a 53-12 loss to Penrith, a 42-14 loss to Manly, and a 48-2 loss to Melbourne, which massively inflated their points conceded total and showed that when this side just doesn't turn up, they really don't turn up. 
They also have a few positional battles heading into 2024, with multiple positions up for grabs in the squad. Uh, At fullback, Xavier, Savage and Seb Chris are going to be vying for the number one jersey. At standoff, probably going to be Kyle Weeks, but he does have some competition there. And there's three potential starting number nines in Zach Walford, Danny Levi and Tom Starlin. To the Sydney Roosters then. So their record last year was they won 13 games. They lost 11. Their star player is Joey Manu. The coach is Trent Robinson. And their key signing was Dom Young, a winger from the Newcastle Knights. Their first five games, really hard. So they are at the Broncos in Vegas to start with. They then head over to Manly. They're then at home for the Rabbitohs, at home for Penrith, and then away to the Bulldogs. Their last title? 2019 and they have the fourth best odds for the title let's have a look at some of their stats so offensively they really struggled they had the 14th best offense record in the league last year they were 13th in tries scored 13th in goals kicked and 17th in set completion as well as 12th in try assists and they were sixth for handling errors defensively they had the league's sixth best defense uh they were First in all tackles made, um, but they were sixth in missed tackles and third in ineffective tackles. And they were second for all penalties conceded. Uh, Some individual stats. Offensively, Joseph Swalihi was 15th for goals kicked. uh, The legendary James Tedesco. He was eighth in tackle breaks, 15th in runs and ninth in run meters. And Joey Manu was 10th in tackle busts. And Luke Luke Keary, ninth for try assists. Uh, Defensively, Nat Butcher was second in all tackles made across the league. Uh, Lindsay Collins was 14th in missed tackles. And Luke Keary was third in ineffective tackles. So to their incomings then. So just two. They had Dom Young, uh, the winger from Newcastle. And Spencer Linu is a prop from Penrith. Uh, Their outgoings then. So Drew Hutchinson has gone to the Bulldogs. Jackson Polo, the winger, has gone to Manly. Uh, Corey Allen, who's now not going to be playing this year, is a centre winger fullback who's gone to St. George. Uh, The hooker, Jake Turpin, has gone to the Bulldogs. And the prop, Fletcher Baker, has gone to the Broncos. And Paul Momorowski is a centre winger and has gone to the Leeds Rhinos. They're starting 13 then. So uh, it's going to remain pretty much the same with Dom Young and Spencer Lanyu in. So... Uh, James Tedesco remains at fullback. The wingers would be uh, Joseph Swalihi and Dom Young. Centres, Joey Manu and Billy Smith. At standoff, you'd have Luke Keary. And the halfback would be Sam Walker. But the props uh, would be Spencer Lenu and Lindsay Collins. At hooker, you'd have Brandon Smith. And the second row forwards would be Nat Butcher and Siu Wong with Victor Radley as the loose forward. Big questions for the Roosters then. The offense must be better in 2024. Um, Their attacking stats tell a story of how their playmakers had a down year. And it was defensively, which held off teams enough for them to get into the finals. Um, They are overloaded in their backs. So the Newcastle star Dom Young joins an already loaded team, which consists of Daniel Tupou, Junior Palga, Billy Smith, Joey Manu, and the outgoing Joseph Swalihi. That is an embarrassment of riches across the wing and centre spots. Can Trent Robinson make it all work? And can they keep their cool on the field? 
Uh, the Roosters' aggression on the field led to serious issues with suspensions with Victor Radley and Jared Hargreaves out for a combined 10 weeks last season due to suspension. Uh, new new sign-in, Spencer Lanou, also has a fiery reputation, so can he keep his lid on as well? And are the Roosters challengers? Look, this is the big question. They had a brilliant end to the season after a midsummer blip and fell to the Melbourne Storm in the finals. If this squad reaches that undoubted potential, then they could be a top four side. And that's why the bookmakers rate them so highly. Lastly then today, let's do the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. So they finished sixth. Uh, they won 14 games and lost 10. Their star player is the halfback Nico Hines. Their coach is Craig Fitzgibbon. And their key sign is arguably Michael Gabriel, a centre from the Bulldogs. The first five games, away to the Warriors, at home to the Bulldogs, away to the Tigers, at home to the Raiders, and then away to the Rabbitohs. And their last title was in 2016, and they have the ninth best odds for the title. Some offensive stats. They did really well last year. They were fifth in the league uh, for points scored, uh, sixth in tries scored, fourth in goals kicked, fourth in line breaks, and fourth in run meters. And mostly due to Nico Hines, they were third in try assists. Uh, defensively, they had the league's seventh best defense. Uh, they were seventh for tackles, ninth in missed tackles, and eighth in ineffective tackles. So individually, uh, Nico had a great year. He was second for try assists, fifth in points, fourth in goals kicked, 13th in runs, and but eighth in handling errors. So he's got to get that out of his game. Ronaldo Militalo. Easily one of the upcoming better players in the league now. He was eighth in tries, uh, first in line breaks, seventh in errors, and ninth in handling errors. So again, they need to cut that out of their game. And Siona Katoa was fourth in tackle breaks on the defensive side then. So Blake Braley was third in tackles made, ninth in missed tackles, and second in ineffective tackles. Uh, Cameron McKins was 14th in tackles made, and Britain Nakora was 15th in tackles made. Not a lot of incomings and outgoings then at Cronulla. So Billy Burns, the second rower, went to St. George. Uh, this, sorry, comes from St. George to the squad at Michael Gabriel's centre. They picked up from the Canterbury Town Bulldogs. The outgoings then, so they've seen, uh, as we said earlier, Matt Moylan is a standoff that's gone to the Lee Leopards. Uh, Connor Tracy, that can play at centre, fullback, or winger, has gone to the Bulldogs. And Wade Graham, the legendary second rower, has retired. So their 13 for this year would be uh, Will Kennedy at fullback. The wingers would be Sione Katoa and Ronaldo Molotalo. Uh, at centres, you'd have Jesse Ramian and Sio Sifa Talakai. At standoff, Braden Trindle. And at halfback, Nico Hines. Props would be Toby Rudolph and Braden Hamlin Ueli. Uh, Blake Braley would stay at Hooker, and the second row forwards would be second row forwards would be Britton Nakora and Teague Wilton with Dale Finucane at loose forward. Big questions for the Sharks this year, then. So add in for Noah Blake. Uh, one of the big off-season storylines revolved around the future of the Warriors enforcer, who had a monster year for the Warriors in 2023. Uh, the 28-year-old prop has penned a four-year deal with Cronulla, started in 2025, which was seen as quite a coup for the side that continued to be a perennial contender in the league. 
it's a big opportunity for Braden Trindle with a 24 year old has been given the opportunity to make the number six jersey his own as he comes in alongside Nico Hines for this year after Moylan left to join the Leopards. In 2021, he was a real presence for them. So can he get back to his best form in 2024? Uh, Blake Braley is another player under the microscope for Cronulla. Um, He was quite poor defensively in 2023 and hasn't fully convinced he's a leading number nine in the league over the the five years he's been in blue and white. And the Sharks also have a relatively good schedule. It's one thing we haven't really touched on with the other sides in the NRL is the strength of schedule. And the Sharks have it quite good in 2024 with less matches against top eight sides than any other club, as well as squaring off against the bottom three teams from last season on two occasions. So that brings an end to part two of our big NRL preview and an end to this very long episode today as we gone through our predictions um, with Leone. So if you're loving the podcast, please do subscribe so you can hear more of us in your feeds every week. It's been great getting off to a strong start and we're really looking forward to the start of the season next week. We'll obviously all be talking about uh, the whole derby on Thursday night and be tuning in for that. So look ahead to our preview for that game next week and the final part of our NRL uh, it's a big season preview. So until next week, we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>